You're listening to an N Stars podcast production. I'm Adam Mock, a 40 something year old film critic who's about to watch a movie that's kind of a little bit Guardians of the Galaxy and a little bit Star Wars. And I'm Melanie Weir, a 26 year old writer and former theater major, and I have no idea what I just watched. Welcome to Made You Watch a podcast. Welcome back to Made You Watch a Podcast, where the choice was for me this week Mm -hmm. to recommend something to Mel. And boy, did you ever. And what was I recommending to you last week? The Fifth Element. The Fifth Element. Bruce Willis, 1997. I was two years old when this movie came out. And before going in, what do you think the movie was about? Yeah, yeah. Let's, um, so I, I, I... Are we going to speak in past tense? Might as well. Okay. Uh, Going into it, going into it, I thought that this movie was going to be, you know, kind of like Independence Day, I guess. Like, that's what I was expecting, like that high drama, kind of cinematic, like, space. Yeah, the title doesn't give you anything. It it gives you absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's it's very The elements mean so many different things. This is a Luc Besson movie from, like you said, from 1997. Luc Besson kind of made his mark doing action films, like um, La Femme Nikita, which eventually became a TV show. And it was also... Nikita, was the show called Nikita? I remember Yeah, and it was also um, a show, a movie called... Bridget Fonda was in it. They made a remake of it. I don't remember the title off that the top of my head. That sound you just made, just like, it, stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're, like, literally creating, like, ripple effects in my brain. You like should hear it in the headphones. It's a problem. The movie stars Bruce Willis, uh, Mila Jovovich, Gary Oldman. Yeah, who I didn't know was in it until the credit roll, credits rolled, by the way. He was a major part, and I was like, who is that guy? That's right. He Gary looks like Oldman. Floop. Gary Oldman talking with that crazy accent. Why did he have that accent? Because he was supposed to be a scumbag From southern arch- entrepreneur. I guess. Okay. Um, Chris Tucker, Ian Holm, and Luke Perry popping yeah. in. Yeah. Okay, that threw me because first I, I wanted thought to that bring was that baby up. Neil Patrick Harris, and then I thought it was the older brother from Malcolm in the Middle, like the oldest one. Oh. And then my roommate looked it up, and she was like, "No, that's Luke Perry. He was on like 90210 or like." Something, one of those Luke shows Perry, my older sister watched. Luke Perry, before he died, his last film was... He's uh, dead? Yes, he passed away like two years ago. Oh my God! I believe he had cancer. Oh. Um, he had his body put in one of those little pods that they plant a tree in. Oh, I love... He was wait, that's what, that's what I want them to do to me when I die. I yeah. want to be a tree. I want to be a tree that grows pink flowers. Yeah, he passed away just after doing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for Tarantino. Oh my God! He has a small role in that, and it he's really... You just... You forget what a talent he was because he has that stink of 90210 on him where he's just playing... A teen. He's Yeah, he's just playing James Dean through the whole fucking show. Mm. And he's good at it. He's really good, but he's he never cute. got to stretch his legs. Yeah, and, and I, he seemed like a very good actor in the, the very excellent. bitty part he, he had was an, He was a very excellent actor. We're going to take a little break. And Play the trailer for you. Yeah. Let you, let you let's, get acclimated. Let's drop this uh, facade right now that we've been watching the movie together. Because as much as I would love to do that, we have to... You know, we're shooting this in an we office. Got t- we don't we exactly have time have restraints, time. people. We have to write, like, news. Um, so. so I watch at home with my roommate, Sam, most often. Sometimes my boyfriend will. But, like, I don't think we've heard any of his comments yet. <laughs> no. uh, so Sam gets the credit. And... I watched this one by myself at, like, 6 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> that is so... 
oh, what a weird mood. Couldn't sleep. Got up. I was like, let's go. I just, I, and I, I didn't even rent it. <laughs> I bought this movie because I, That's a I saw this, that, I saw this puppy in theaters. $13. I saw this thing in theaters when it came out and was just, we'll get into it. We will, because I can imagine. <laughs> so we will be right back. Right back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Every 5,000 years, two, three planets are in eclipse. A black hole like a door is open. Evil comes. The Mondachi one have in their possession the only weapon to defeat evil. Four elements gathered around a fifth. Look at Dallas. We were selected for a mission of the utmost importance. What mission? Save the world. Me, Okay, we're back, and we are going to get Mel's take on The Fifth Element. What in the hell did I just watch? There were, I'm not going to say that I did not love it, yeah. because I did. This, this was a film that was made with something I'm going to do a lot of talking about from now on, because I just saw like a Tumblr post about it or something, and it's very real. Made with the bisexual gaze. Yeah. There are just... So many hot people in it, male and female, just weird, colorful outfits. Just Ruby alone. And most of them were French models. Like all the like girls in the background that are all like the the airplane, the the stewardesses. They they're and that's that's Luc Besson. Luc Besson's French as hell. No, okay, yeah. He, if you ever watched the Transporter movies, all the girls don't like this. Hello, yeah, I love the Jason Statham. <laughs> He's been around the block a few times. He's yeah. part of the Transporter series. I think he directed the first one. I could be wrong. It might have been Louis Lettieri, who did the uh, Edward Norton Incredible Hulk movie. I was barely conscious of superheroes for that movie. Okay, that's I think fair. I was like, I don't know how old I the was. Marvel, the Marvel world had not opened up yeah, just yet. Yeah, I think yet. I was like 10. I yeah. think I might have been younger. Disney hadn't then. even bought them yet. So the fifth element is a future, in the future, it's uh, 2257. Oh, there is a year. They Well, I just read it on IMDb. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sounding smarter than I actually am. It was just like 300 years later. I'm like, okay. And you meet the president who is, uh, it's Debo from Friday. Who, if or if you're even older like me, he's Zeus from No Holds Barred, the weirdest Hulk Hogan movie ever made. Hulk Hogan made movies. Oh, he made a lot of movies. I feel like I just know him from. Like, we may have to do a Hulk Hogan movie on here because they're insane. Okay, um, we'll save that for a weekend. Then I'm going home because I think my dad would really enjoy that. Oh man, No Holds Barred is bizarre. So tiny, his name was Tiny Zeus Lister. He passed away as well, unfortunately. Mm. And he plays the president. President finds out that there's this evil asteroid. Literally, it's the epitome of evil that's coming to Earth. Oh, I did not clock that. Yeah. They were like, a great evil is coming. I'm like, okay, so like roughly translated something that's going to destroy yeah. Earth. The language just isn't that good. So you rewind a little bit because I kind of jumped ahead. Uh, in ancient Egypt, uh, not ancient, it's like eight. I guess Egypt, it's, it's post-World War, well, pre-World War II? Yeah, it's ancient in terms of this film because yeah. it's how many centuries in the future. There's, they're looking at hieroglyphics. You know, what you, see. you know what dates it is when the robots, don't, wait, hold on. You're about to get there. I'm sorry. Uh, so they, this pre, this uh, archaeologist is figuring out what the hier, hieroglyph, hieroglyphics, that is a <laughs> tongue twister, sorry. 
uh, mean on the wall. Yeah, he's been a real dick about it. And he's basically figured out, with the help of Luke Perry, who's like the artist drawing all the things Just for him. A, li- a cute little bean oh, it's in a, the corner. It's a cameo that, even at the time, I remember going, dude, that's Luke Pe- that is Luke Perry. What's going on here? You find out that there is this prophecy that in the future... The, the, this ultimate evil will come and destroy all living existence, love, the whole... Like, anything that is good in the universe will be destroyed. And these strange little aliens show up. Not little. They, okay, Not they little. look like... Very ju- large. They look like if you put the Ninja Turtles in, like, Gundam suits. <laughs> but then replace their heads with, like, the heads of anteaters. Yeah, they're, they're completely just inefficient-looking aliens. Yeah. They're I did trying, appreciate all the practical effects in this yeah. movie. They were cheesy, but I missed them. And they're trying to they're trying to hide the fact that this is going to happen, um, so that they can prepare in the future for when it actually does happen by hiding these stones. And they're also the the the, the takeaway line that finally gave away to me what year this was exactly is the aliens show up and the the hieroglyphics guy in in such a weird moment it took me a minute to process goes Are you German? Yes. Dude, what the. What kind of technology do you think the Germans have right now? Like well, it, it kind of looks like like the Tony Stark suit that they made in in What If? Just that ridiculous Hulkbuster, oh ancient looking tank. So, uh, but that was what I was like, oh okay. And then immediately the guy was like, war is coming, and I'm like, oh yeah. okay. So it's like right before World War II. Yeah. Like we're right about to get into it. And and it's. Uh, po- time in history where like evil is taking over so and it's reminiscent of what they're going to fight in the future so they take the sacred stones away from earth so that they will be safe but there's only four elements there's earth wind water fire and there's a fifth element that you later find out is a person mm-hmm. and she's Which, by the way is very frozen too for anyone who has seen that <laughs> oh geez i have not I barely got through Frozen 1, but we'll talk about that at a later date. That uh, gave me just some <laughs> evil. I'm glad you can't see my face right now because it was actually, it was just pure evil. <laughs> Skip ahead of the future. We find out that this entity is on its way to just destroy everything. And, and the... it shows up on screen and the first thing my roommate says is, that looks like a burnt cookie. Yeah. And and, and it's just eating satellites. It's eating all their communications. Oh, and I the government's that. a bunch of morons who are just blow it out of the sky and then they try to blow it out of the sky and this thing gets more angry the more you attack it because it what feeds if we nuke the hurricane it feeds on evil see oh it's like the slime in ghostbusters exactly so i love the slime from ghostbusters too a ship gets shot out of the sky that ca- it was carrying the fifth element and all that's left is a hand in this kind of armor suit like we saw in the beginning of the movie it's holding on to the clutch of the ship and through this DNA technology chamber, they rebuild the, the, the creature that they think it's going to be. And it is a smoke show of Mila Jovovich. She is absolutely adorable in this movie. She's supposed to be a perfect being. She's pretty close. A uh, little See, gratuitous with it, the... It uh, looks like the, the printer ran out of ink with her hair because for <laughs> some reason it was bleached but not dyed all the way orange, which drove me insane the Oh, yeah, she's, she's got some, like, poorly done manic panic going Do on. Do an ombre or don't. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, that could have just been her natural hair. She's an alien, technically. But why would she have roots? I don't like, know. that's not how hair grows in. 
who, she's the perfect entity. Who knows? I guess the that, <laughs> ladies, ladies, you heard it here. Your your visible roots are perfect. Touch up. I actually do kind of like no that touch look. Ups. Okay. We digress. The fifth element. She has arrived. She's arrived. Fully naked. She's fully naked. Then they put thermal bandages on her. I think it was just an excuse to kind of like suggestively wrap her. And it's it's Luke Besson diving into like the French modeling yeah. kind of like all those crazy outfits you see on runway shows in like, Paris. On the one hand, I'm like And the oh, whole movie is like that. Yes. It all really the is. outfits are pretty well designed. They are. And androgynous. Yes. That was the other thing because honestly the first moment she showed up, okay, she was laying her her she, you do you can see her boobs, but they're kind of flattened out. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, this is gonna be. Is this like a, a non-binary person? Like, are we getting it in this early? And then like she sits up, and I'm like, oh, okay, no, this is just you know, this is a woman. Um, but it, it is very androgynous fashion, and I love. We're I'm jumping ahead here a little, but I love Ruby so much. Ruby Red, oh, Corbin Dallas. That's so good, Adam. Oh my <laughs> god, like he just. I, are you green? Super green. He reminded me of someone that I, I, I maybe have met. I honestly don't There's know. There's no gusto, no nothing, no nothing. Oh, He's so... Chris Tucker is just a motor mouth in this, and we will get to his character, yeah. Ruby Rod, who... He's he's just... He's the, he's the comedy relief. You know, he is... He's, like, he's that just ridiculous character who gets dragged along for the ride, and he should not be there because oh he's God. an idiot. Mr. Dallas, oh my God. This boy is fueled like fire. So stop melting, ladies, because the boy is hotter than hot. He's hot, hot, hot. We meet Bruce Willis, who's a an ex-military, like, special forces guy who's now living in this shithole apartment with his adorable white cat. It, it came in, and I was like, is it? Okay, is this, like, like, like sandbox rehab he's in? No, he's just, I think he lost his military career, probably because he had to do it's, some he dark... Said he, he said he retired. He, oh, he retired, okay. At one point in the middle of the movie before he freezes his co-worker. <laughs> so he lives in this automated apartment building. Yeah. Where, like, you need your bed changed, you push a button, and a new mattress comes up, fully made, covered in plastic. The whole thing is just, you know, like, your shower is on top of your sink is on top of like your your. It's all modular. It's you know. It's pretty well New designed. York real estate three hundred years in the future, pretty predictably. Yeah, I mean everything that. in the movie has like a purpose. Bruce. Oh, also, I love how they specify that it's South Brooklyn. Just yes. really, really specific. Oh, and it's apartments in the sky. It looks like um, it's almost like how the Jetsons is designed, where they're all above the clouds, probably because there's so much, much pollution, more and we're all just built up on top of each other, flying cars. The 3D whole traffic. Yeah, the, the the and he's a cab driver, who only has two three points left on his license, and he gets into an accident because Mila Jovovich, who's the perfect being, figures out how to break out of this facility, and just dives off a building because she doesn't want to get caught by the cops, lands in his cab and then speaks no English, so the whole movie is just her <laughs> rambling like Lilo dale multi she made up that language with Luc Besson. I was going to ask. It's, it's, a, it's a language they came up with because she speaks four languages regularly. She can actually speak four languages. Oh, that helps. So she's already got the syntax background. And the and... two of them used to write notes to each other in this like secret like brother-sister language. Oh, it's like something so twins cool. would come up with. And it, they came up with a 400-word language just so Hopefully she would have things to say. And she, I mean, it doesn't sound like she's tripping over any of the words. It really doesn't. It sounded, it kind of sounded like a weird mix of, like, Japanese and, like, 
There was like a little like I, German. Yeah. And and. Dopo metimbakta senovoi tito male ne balela teno kiko hamastatun teno samoitopia da dindo skala nela dindo ijela boom. They have the weirdest meet cute ever because she falls through his cab. Just right out of the sky. And he decides, I have no more points on my license. I'm going to save this hot girl's life. He just really, he he just really says, fuck it. He falls in love with her. In two seconds. Could, could, she's the perfect being. Yeah. And you. Uh, my question that entire okay. chase scene was why the hell didn't he open the window and let her sit up front? There's a hole in the back of the cab. Jesus I, Christ. Maybe he was trying to keep her safe. It's probably safer in the back seat. There's a hole in it. She's also superhuman. <laughs> she could probably handle that. more of an accident than he could. I guess so. They get in a big car chase. Uh, he gets her back to his apartment. And there's this priest who's trying to, he's basically the new guy who's trying to get this whole, the rocks together and her, and she was supposed to meet him. He's played by Ian Holm. Uh, uh, what was it? Father Cornelius, Vito Cornelius. Mm-hmm. The military asked for his help in finding this girl because he's, you know, he has to go on the mission and bring this girl to find this opera singer who who has something to knows in where another the, galaxy. knows where the stones are. So they rig a contest to flast in paradise. And it's supposed to be like the greatest vacation spot. No, it's like Hawaii. It's on Hawaii. Crack. It's just 10 floors of like not real Hawaii, like American commercialized Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. It's like completely taken over by the white man. Yeah. And all you, know. Bullshit. Uh, you know what? At least it's on another planet and not actually in Hawaii. Yeah. Anymore. And it's all full of celebrity, like internet, intergalactic celebrities. celebrities. Yes. And so he takes her there along with the priest in one of the funniest scenes of them getting on when they have to get on the flight. And he just shows up a little late. And she's like, Lilo Dallas multipass? Because she's just learning English. And she holds up. And he's like, yeah, that's my wife. You know, we just got married. Young kids falling in love. He knows it's a multipass. Lilo Dallas multipass. Yeah. Multipass. Lila, uh, multipass. She knows it's multipass. Lilo Dallas, my wife. We're newlywed. Just met. Multipass. You know how it is. Bump into each other. Sparks multipass. happen. Yeah, she knows it's a multipass. Yeah, anyway, we're in love. And me and my friends yes. used to say that every time we'd go to a bar and someone would be like, can you see your license? He knows it's a multipass. Oh, my God. Bouncers hated us. <laughs> <laughs> so they get to Flaston. Flaston Paradise. Oh, my God. Which comes... With Ruby Rod, who's played by Chris Tucker, who's beautiful costuming on this man. He dresses like a vil, like a female villain from the old Batman. <laughs> it's just <laughs> velvet jumpsuits with like roses. He has this crazy afro of hair that is in like tunnel shapes. It's and- like honestly, it's kind of like eighties gay. Yeah. Yeah, but like also mixed with what whatever queer people are doing now. Also, I just the hair. The hair reminded me of like, oh, this is like you know, this is some Gen Z hair. I think they did something like this on the new Proud Family cartoon. Yeah, and and what's fun that well, that's what brought me up about the the costuming. Even Bruce Willis is kind of dressed like a club kid in the nineties. Yeah, he's wearing like this orange tank top. He's got bright yellow hair. I'm so used to seeing him in a stained white tank top, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, and he actually, he's, he's like, looking like he's ready to go for a night out in the town. Yeah, you got glow sticks, he's getting it really done. I also really like her little, like, the orange, like, jumpsuit thing she picks. What was the point of it, though? I don't. Other than just going up her ass? It's kind of like suspenders, I think. <laughs> I don't, but she just had, she had pants, a midriff, uh, 
kind of sweater. that I'm like almost certain that I own. <laughs> and then a rubber like unithong. Yeah, I don't know what the hell Like singlet that, that just was completely insane. I kind of like at, on the one side of me was like, ugh, the objectification this. But on the other, the other side, I was like, well, they're kind of all dressed like this. And also you're looking at this and you like it. Yeah. And she was, so. a mo- I'm pretty positive she was a model before all this. Yeah, like I, I enjoyed the costuming a whole bunch. Ruby Rod is the host of this Radio talk show. Yeah, shock he's like jockey. he's like the new shock jock, and he just talks really fast and everything. He's trying to get Corbin to kind of talk, go along with everything, and he, and Corbin just goes, "Yeah, okay," Ecstatic. and he just goes, "Go to commercial, thirty seconds," and then they go to commercial. He's just like, "You gotta get, you gotta be out Give there, me man. More. Come on, what are you doing?" And he doesn't stop. You can't understand half the things Chris Tucker's saying. It but doesn't matter. You feel the vibes. He's hilarious. He's got that little cane with the microphone There's in it. There's also that random liftoff scene where, like, he's eating the girl out and everybody's trying to get on the thing. And it's just, like, at a certain point, I was like, oh, I see. It's going to build up to many explosions. You have to take your position. I want all positions. <laughs> Love Chris Tucker in this movie. Yes, yes. Oh, he just gets it done. Um, so he's the comic relief. It's now the priest, he hides on the ship somewhere. He hides in the wires, but he was standing under the engine when it was about to go off. I'm like, is this dude about to get fried? Well, because then, I would believe it, because at the time, I also thought that the guy had killed his coworkers by leaving them in his fridge for too long. Yeah. And then like five scenes later, they're perfectly fine back at headquarters. And I'm yeah. like, didn't y'all just die? <laughs> so then we have kind of this um, transition scene where we meet Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman's just this kind of... Southern weirdo. Kind of sound. He kind of sounds like the guy who used to run Bill Clinton's campaign. Carver. He's got this plastic thing on his head. He got this plastic like thing on his head, and his hair's all shaved to one side. Kind of the the way the new kids do it these days. You're doing like kind of Georgia. I feel like his accent wasn't so refined. It wasn't so like smooth and like molasses. Well, I love that scene where he's showing the. There's these aliens that can shape shift that oh, he God. hires to go get the stones because the evil entity hired him to get the stones. So he hires these gunmen, and he gives them the coolest gun. It shoots ice, fire, nets, bullets, missile. I mean, it it has a self-destruct button for some reason. I assumed he was an arms dealer. Listen, you need a self-destruct button on every, every... Oh, he is an arms dealer. Well, I think he does it on the side. I think think he's just one of those, like, rich entrepreneurs who who is in every industry. Yeah. And he's what's... Who else do we know like that? Yeah, right? He's kind of what's wrong with the universe is mm. this overindulgence. There's no – the movie's really about just going back to your basics and – You have no rhyme or reason for doing anything. Human, The human element of love is one of the things that saves the world at the end of this thing. So it's kind of this weird oh, love story. Also very Frozen too. Oh, for I, I feel like I have to There make was you, no ice stone. I have to make you watch <laughs> oh, I feel like I have to make you watch Frozen 2 now because there's actually so many similar themes. Oh, it's wild. Geez. Oh no. So, so I actually have legit criticisms for that movie too, so So there's this great scene where um Ian Holm who has to visit him. Oh they, he brings him into his office. It kind of lays out how useless the bad guy is. Yeah. Because Oh, also every time that we got a shot of his office, we got a shot of this gorgeous assistant of his with blue hair and blue eyelashes and a blue dress and I just I feel like I sketched her in a notebook in middle school once, like very badly, like with like child doing anime. Um, but I, it made me want to buy like blue eyeshadow. And that, I and that cool that. device where she just touches her nails and they turn the color yes. she wants. I was like, that's pretty. Dumb. I wanted that for like a house. You know, how fast painting would go. I want that for my hair. <laughs> 
So they bring Ian Holm into, into Gary Oldman's office, and he's trying to explain that without technology and people like me who run the world, nothing would get done. And he breaks a glass on the floor, and a vacuum comes out, and all these little robots, he goes, look at all these little things. Just so busy now. It's, it, it's a beautiful orchestration of modern technology. And then he takes a sip of a drink that has a cherry in it and starts choking. And Ian Holm just goes, to think your entire kingdom can come crashing down because of one little chair. And the entire time he's trying to hit the button for like the thing that will in fact Heimlich him. And he has that little elephant dog that's just in his desk. It's not helping. That thing is so cute though. It's so adorable. <laughs> I want one. Um, and I, for a second he was being so savage. I was like, bro, are you going to let him die? That's seriously not in your 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 MO here. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't. He, he, he smacked him on the he back. He smacked him on the back at the last minute and it was fine. And then he kind of, he's like, you saved my life so I'm going to spare yours. And that was a bad move for you, buddy. Yeah. And then the alien calls up the evil entity and every time Gary Oldman talks to him or anybody does their head bleeds black I did not notice that oh yeah his head when he starts to like shake and sweat you see like this black goo and it happens to a couple other characters Rudy Giuliani <laughs> he, did, he totally Giuliani's does that mean Rudy Giuliani was conversing with the entity of all evil at the four seasons landscaping in Philadelphia that's hilarious <laughs> So they got to Flossed in Paradise. They they um they're watching this insanely cool music number. That woman was a real opera singer. Oh yeah! Oh my god! I so appreciated just the the, the real opera just in the middle of this. Well, when Luke Besson handed her the music, she goes, "Human beings can't hit these notes." And he goes, "We'll take care of it." And then they vocorded her voice to okay, so she can do that. But most of that, she was... I was like, so, some of those whistles seem genuinely impossible. Other ones, yeah. I'm like, I could hit that on a really good day and I would not sound like and that. And you get a great fight scene with Mila Jovovich to the opera song. Yeah, okay, that Because was really it goes cool. into this crazy techno song or something. It was like uh, on the border of too cheesy for me to be able to stand, but it stayed just above that line. So I, like it was in my favorite spot. Uh, Bruce Willis ends up running up on stage because the bad guys show up, start shooting the place up. And they shoot the opera singer in the stomach. Yeah. The diva. And I feel like she saw it coming because of what happens later, which is weird. Well, she says, the stones are in me. Why? Like, what was the plan? Because would you look for them there? No. But, but how would you to... sing with that on your if diaphragm? She had stayed, well, your diaphragm's actually <laughs> You got four like, bricks in your gut. Your diaphragm's all the way up here. I know, but that's four bricks in your stomach. I feel that's as rough. though I feel as though they maybe were not in her stomach. Where do you think they were? I, I think Ooh. that they were inserted, yes, elsewhere. Well, Bruce Willis knew where they were because he just reaches into her gut wound and starts pulling these foot-long rocks out of her stomach. Just so weird. Like, why was that your first instinct? When she said, they're in me, I was like, "Is the okay, so, so it's another metaphor? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have gone with that. I would not have gone with I, I, yeah, <laughs> that logic. That was, because hey, uh, what was the plan for her to, like, then, then like, Birth, I have a stones? feeling they probably had a way to get them out. I, it's the future. Um, they, 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 I mean, they can rebuild a human being that quick. I'm pretty sure they can get some rocks out of a diva. Yeah. So let's just go with let's, let's just go know, with yeah, that weird logic. Let's not think about it. That's so actually a good answer. So they get the stones, and then they bring Chris Tucker with them because they have to get to Earth now. I think it was Earth. To yeah. set the stones in this temple. Because they have to go back to Egypt. Yes. And because... The evil entity is now like I don't know, probably by like around Mars at this point. It's yeah. it's it's all we can see it in the sky. Nothing we're using against it's working. The president's okay. being a pain in the ass. Don't look up. 
And <laughs> right. they fly to Egypt, um, and Lilu is a mess. Lilu, ha- she's been put through the ringer. She got the crap beat out of her in that fight. I'm pretty sure she's been shot. And shot, blown up. I mean, she's got, she's been, she's been housed through this whole, like, she's yeah. taking a beating. I mean, she fell through a cab at <laughs> the roof of a cab from, like, 100 feet. So she's, you know, she's, she's, she's a tough cookie, though. Hold on. Just one thing I loved, and it just popped in my head, was when she's sleeping on the couch at the priest's house. Oh, yeah. And he goes to kiss her, and she puts a gun to his head, and is just like, keep alive, and and just speaking some, like, gibberish Italian-sounding thing. And he's just like, okay, okay, what'd she say, Father? Not, Not without, without my, my permission. permission. And I was like, how progressive. Yeah, good. How fucking Love progressive. She's like, yeah, no, you're not... Which sets up the ending of this She also movie. didn't say never. She didn't say never, just not without my permission. I'm like, that's at, for 97. That was good. And the way they were objectifying her, she's naked through a lot of this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. And like, she doesn't care. Like I She's pulling even, her boobs out constantly. I appreciate it also, though. Like, she was naked, and this is where I'm going to again say, like, this is this is the difference between, like, what they call the male gaze and what I'm now going to call the bisexual gaze. The men are all so respectful. They all turn around. They all turn around. Well, two of like, them are priests. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, wow, she really is. But so does Bruce Willis, and yeah. he's really into her. Yeah. But he, they're like, she really is perfect. And then yeah. they're like, yeah. And they're like, don't look, don't look, don't look. Like, they are trying their hardest even though she clearly does not give a yeah, fuck. Yeah, Ian Holm, she really is perfect, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, it, was, it, was, it was different. It felt different than other movies that objectify women yeah. in similar ways. And I, I really appreciated it because it didn't, they didn't, they made her out to be a sex symbol, but she has this kind of great presence that's all her own. And yeah. And she owns it. And Nudity doesn't matter to her. She's, she's too, perfect. She's both too innocent she's beyond and too all beyond it. Yeah, she's all, and, but she's never, you could tell she's never had interaction with anyone other than probably religious people. Yeah. You know, so she doesn't know what a relationship is and things like love. So she doesn't truly understand that She's like that doing stuff. the Wally thing in the beginning at their house where she's like speed running through learning language and concepts and yeah. stuff. You speak English now? I learn. I learn. So cute. She's so cute. So they get to the, they get to the place and, and. They put Lilu in the middle because they realize she's the fifth element. Yeah. And they put all the rocks on these different st- um, pedestals, but they don't know how to activate this thing, and they have something like two minutes left. And I think it's important to note that, like, at some point right before this, Lilu has for some reason gone online and looked up war. Yeah, and oh, and she has, like... And she's had, like, an Ultron, like, discovering the internet kind of yes. revelation where she's like, I don't want to help anymore. The world is without hope. And I only just now put together that that is because if she is the fifth element and the fifth element is love and she's, the, the lady says she's the singer, is like, she's more fragile than you realize because it's like, love needs protection. Love needs, like, safety and, 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 and... But it can also be the strongest thing in the universe. But it can as long as it is is helped in the correct exactly. way. Exactly. And, and she gets her brain just fried by seeing, like, every atrocity mankind ever did. Babe, I can relate. <laughs> and it, it, it it's a pretty great scene because it's, it's the one moment where she gives up. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's so wrecked from the fight and then has that in her head, she's, she's kind of done for. And she's our last hope. So they have the stones. They're putting them on the pedestals. And they're like, well, how do we activate them? He's like, well, you're the priest, don't you know? He's like, oh, no. This, this, these things are like millions of years old. It's been 300 years, bro. The younger priest who had come along with them kind of gets nervous, and he has the windstone, and he just kind of goes. Whew. He's like, we're never going to make it. And the stones start opening up. And he's like, 
Uh, come here. Come oh, here. it was so frustrating when he didn't realize what he did. And so he's like, what'd you do? I don't know. I just went, we're all doomed. And the stones fully open up. Magic. he didn't magic. Know it first. Like, yeah. he didn't do it. And I was like, no, you gotta like finish. And then he was like. <sighs> and all the magic starts like shooting out of the stones. This little sparkly, you know, <laughs> CGI like, energy. You just, of course, you have to have that one last ruby moment. He's like, it's this fire. And I go, I don't got a fire. I don't got a match. I well, throughout the movie, did you notice the cigarette smoking? All the cigarette, everyone's trying to quit smoking in the movie. And how they do it is the filters are twice as long as the cigarettes. That I was like, wait, that's not how cigarettes look, right? They were, it, I'm not it, 100%. It was, there was a thing back in the 90s where they made these things where you could cut your cigarettes so you weren't smoking as much. Oh, like And I think it kind of went off that same theory that add more filters, you're getting less nicotine and all that. Okay. It wouldn't work. I just quit cold turkey. It, best way to go. I've done it myself. So they, um, you know, Corbin just goes, all right, everybody take a stone. Water for water, wind for wind. Uh, earth for earth, fire for fire. I was I was stuck for what to do for earth, and like he got it he right. Just takes away. a handful of sand. Throw some fucking dirt. But on Ruby Ra. Uh, oh, and the other guy takes sweat from his head and drips I it on the rock. I thought he was gonna cry. I would have just spit on it. Ew. It's faster. I guess. I don't sweat that much. I mean, I don't sweat <laughs> at all, and it's a problem. It's either that or you're peeing on the thing. That's your only two options. That's here. not water. <laughs> what? No, it's kind of water. It's barely filtered. Water. I mean, okay, yes, but not barely. It's <laughs> it's no. a construct of water. Neither is sweat. Sweat is salt. It's saline, so it's kind of the same thing. But like, so is the ocean. <laughs> same thing, different hole. <laughs> Sorry, that was gross. Oh God. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, we he get has to one last match, which I think has some kind of connection to his mother. Well, he he was always looking for matches throughout the movie. And he keeps reaching in. And I think the match is safe, lost in paradise or something on it. And the mom, he, he has this really nebbishy mom who's just like, Corbin, where? He's just stereotype. Why haven't you called me? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, just forget about it. Like, the, I'll die in a hole. I'll go <laughs> off to some ratty vacation in Florida. It'll be fine. And he's just like, he, I love how even like this guy has a pain in the ass mom. And they, this. right at the end, even she calls on the phone. And she has the last line of the movie. She does. That woman has the last line of the movie. It's great. So um, they get to Ruby Rod, and he's just like, Corbin, Corbin, my man. I, 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 it's any fire. I don't got no fire. What am I going to do? <laughs> You're, like, too good at that. And he pulls out a book of matches, and they have one left. So they, Bruce Willis sparks it, and a breeze comes, and it's, like, just about to go out. He's like, no, And everyone's no. like, nobody breathe. And he just puts the match. thing. To, thing but Lee Lou still is depressed, and she can't get out of this funk. So Bruce Willis kind of like holds her and tells her that like love is the answer and gives her like the whole, you know, I love you speech. It takes without so saying long it. to get to the place where the, like we all know from the beginning of that speech, she needs to hear the words I love you. Yeah. She needs to hear like. <laughs> because that's the one thing she hasn't felt is love love. She's felt love from people, Doesn't but never she have felt a line? A like she's like I was not built for love. I was built for. I was not. Yeah, she about. I was built to for. To help. To help, but I was not. I don't know love. I've never yes. learned love, and Bruce Willis is the key to all this technically because yes. unless she was into girls, and then we would have been a better girl. I mean, she definitely <laughs> also is. Look at her. Oh yeah, so we could have could have brought one of those stewardesses along. <laughs> Just the ruby. The in fifth there, element, triple X parody. <laughs> So, uh, Why do we keep getting so blue here? I don't know. It's the fifth element. That's the yeah, sixth honestly. element. <laughs> I don't want to know what the sixth element that's, is. That's the Gross. movie. <laughs> I almost said, I was like, I was pulling this up and I was like, okay, I think I'm watching, what is it, the fifth sense? Nope, that's smell. That's the sixth sense. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, 
your I have other seen. Bruce Willis movie. She kind of realizes what love is. They do the whole embrace, they big kiss. They kiss and she almost immediately explodes. She turns into like this beam of light and just goes, and it just shoots out of her chest. It's really, it's almost frighteningly violent. I didn't know how it didn't go through Bruce Willis. Yeah, for real. I, I thought like, he was going to be torn asunder. I was like, is this a self-sacrifice thing? And the beam of light hits this thing that's hit, hurtling towards Earth 75 miles from Earth, I think they said. Yeah, they're like at the. It something. was pretty much in our atmosphere. Yep. And it just turns into a thing of charcoal. It's a cookie. Yeah, it's just gone. Sky cookie. Yeah, sky cookie. Um, <laughs> oh, before that happens, I almost forgot another funny boarding uh, spaceship thing is when Gary Oldman comes back for the stones and is nuked by his own bomb. That's right. And they steal his ship. He's just like, he, he just looks at that bomb like, no, no. And his head's just shaking. All of a sudden, boom, he goes up. The uh, the day is saved and thanks to the Powerpuff Girls, I can't not. Okay. Say thanks to the power of love. Oh, that's the power of love. Oh yeah. So, thank you, Huey Lewis. I love back. The Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, that movie slaps. We have this shot of the tank that they built Lilu in. Yes. Re- or rebuilt her, and it's all covered up. You can't see what's inside. The president shows up. And he's like, I want to thank the heroes who saved the day. And they're like, well, okay, hold on, Mr. President. And they we put go- them in a regeneration tank. <laughs> he goes over and he takes a peek inside and he goes, they're not ready yet. He's like, and he's making all these hand motions that just clearly indicate that they are banging. <laughs> and the president's like, I don't care, get him out here. And then the phone rings and it is Corbin Dallas's crazy ass mother. And the president's like, oh, I'll talk to her. And he's like, okay. And she just lambed that. You're not the president. I wouldn't talk. He's, he's a an mo- idiot. You don't sound like an idiot. <laughs> you don't sound like an idiot is the last line of the movie. Then they do the whole zoom in on the container. And there is da- Lilu and Corbin Dallas getting down. They play this kind of fun little weird song and fade to black. The lighting is literally blue also, which is a funny note. Yeah, because they're in that UV, the, the, it was some kind of UV radiation Something. they had to use to like regenerate the body. Yeah. Which, uh, that must hurt. We, we've kind of reached the end. We got our, we're, so we're going to wrap this up. I'll start with, uh, I guess I'll start with my rating. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give the fifth element nine out of 11. Okay. On the 11 scale. I remember loving this movie when it came out. I think it's a little, it's paced a little slower than I remembered, which is weird because I remember it being nonstop and it is, the dialogue and everything is. But there's a couple little lulls here and there where you're just kind of like, all right, get to it, get to it, get to it. Yeah. You know, and um, I'm not sure the runtime. I think it's like an hour and 50 minutes. It's very like screenwriter-y. Yeah. Like the dialogue is just, sometimes there is just nothing happening. But it's well put together. The the concept's kind of cool. Um, it's a, it's like a mixture. Like I said, it's like, it's a mixture of Guardians of the Galaxy meet because they're just so ridiculous. Meet Star Wars just because it's intergalactic bullshit. Yeah, with a also, little with also, a little bit of Indiana Jones. That alien, yes, with the Egypt and the stones. Yeah. I, I picked up on that one actually. I forgot to mention it. Um, and the alien lady also like the the. Oh, the, she looks like a t- Twi'lek? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the diva looks like a Twi'lek. I don't know enough about Star Wars to know the name, but yes. I'm just, she, she was a character in Boba Fett. That, ah. There was a couple Twi'leks. That's the only reason I remember that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I gave it a 9 out of 11. Uh, what did you think of this movie, Mel? I, I honestly, okay, when it started, 
for about the first 30 minutes, I was like, there is no way that I'm going to be able to give this movie any rating like above a seven. Yeah. A seven will be a stretch. What the hell is going on? But it just continued to be so unexpectedly delightful. There were so many moments that just, I love that I had no idea what was going to happen next. Everything came out of left field. Absolutely everything. Except for the shit that was going to be obvious from the beginning. Like, oh, he's going to have to say he loves her. Yeah. Like the foregone conclusions. And also everyone was really hot. Oh, it's just candy colored fun with pretty people. What I said about the bisexual gaze is true. And I love movies like that. And I, I, it, I to, to put a point on that, I agree with you. Because at the time... Let's face it, 97. No, no. It wasn't a big bisexual movement in, in my that my generation at the time. No. I was 18 years old. You didn't nobody was really coming out. And if they were, you knew they were gay and it, it was just you just didn't talk about it. <laughs> I will say the, the with the in terms of the bisexual gaze, I never saw it before, but I totally see it now. And I think it I think it's such a cool concept that we're beyond that in the future. Yeah. None of that shit, man. Bruce Willis doesn't look at Ruby Rod with those roses on his... The, he has a big bouquet of roses around his neck. Yeah, like... And he he's not making fun of them. Like, Bruce Willis nowadays would be like, hey, what are you, coming from the fucking circus? <laughs> it's like, no. He just was like, no, this guy's just a weirdo. Because he talks like this the whole movie. And he clearly doesn't <laughs> like him, but it has nothing to do with... Like, it's just like, this is not a person I can vibe it's with, like, which is fair. You're just on... Too many cups of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the only reason Ruby Rod is annoying. And maybe a couple of but other things. charming at the same time. Yes. And he's he, he's definitely my favorite character in this film. I think me too. With with the with the second being just Gary Oldman. Because I love Who Gary I Oldman. didn't realize was Gary Oldman. I don't know how. It's so clearly him. He doesn't him. have facial hair. Yeah. And I think you probably... most of black. Yeah, most of the things you've seen him with, he has like a goatee or like a weird scruffy beard. Yep. You know? Yes. Except for maybe Dracula. Which, I've never seen him in ooh. as he he was Dracula. He played Bram Stoker's Dracula oh. in um for uh, Francis Ford Coppola directed it. Sounds... And Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder are in this film. So anyway, I don't think I ever said a number. This gets an eight from me. Okay. I loved this. I would watch this again. I would probably need to be just pretty high. And I was worried about that you weren't going to get into it when you when you first reacted to it. I'm like, did she even like this? Oh no, I. Because you had this dumbfounded look on your face, like, what the fuck was that? It, that is, but that is my favorite way to react to things. That's great. I would so much rather just be completely taken taken aback than oh. I would be able to predict everything that is going to happen. Oh, to be young again. <laughs> oh, I wish I could watch movies with fresh eyes. I've just seen too many tropes and things. That's how I feel and, about sitcoms. Yeah, and the way things come at you, and you'll get you'll get to a point where. The generation before you, uh, I mean, after you, you're going to go, why do you like this? This yeah. makes no sense. One of the other things that I wanted to say that I really liked about this movie was that it's 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 so much a thing of its time. It didn't need to make excuses for what it was. Yeah, I feel I mean, like now movies are almost expected to be intellectual like all the time. Yeah. And if it's not intellectual, it gets, it gets panned. It's not a movie made by committee. It's a movie made by an individual. And it's it's weird. And that's good. Yeah, and I, I think that's the problem with a lot of modern-day movies, like Marvel especially. I mm. think Disney is too much into committee mentality because of the money yeah. rather than just making a product that people will love. That's why Guardians worked. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy worked because they just said, James Gunn, we don't know what the hell you're talking about. If that's what you want to do, go ahead. And he <laughs> made the best – he made, in my opinion, one of the best Marvel movies. Yeah. Because then, it was just so 
out there and outlandish and you didn't know what was coming. And they had kind of given up on Thor too and they just brought in, Ta I'm gonna say his name wrong, Taika Waititi. Perfect. Oh, great. Taika they Waititi. brought in Taika Waititi and they were like, dude, I don't know, just do something with Thor yeah. 3. And then he made the best movie in that film franchise. Yeah, yeah. And he's got Love and Thunder coming out. Yeah, oh my God, I'm and so you get female Thor in this one. Oh! <laughs> Look at you, you're excited. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that was the fifth element. Yes, it was. <sighs> so what do you have for me next time? I want, we're, we're finally going to get to an animated movie from me. All right. I'm going to show you not Frozen 2, though I am oh, so tempted Christ. to give it to you um, after this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you Encanto, the new Disney movie okay. that just came out this November that is like everybody's in love Lin -Manuel with. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Eh, he's hit or miss with me. It's I think I know he's I the he's the like it boy. He has to write everything, but you know what? Uh, you, you just rapping and walking in a circle. I like his stuff. <laughs> I really do. Best tightest line ever from Kimmy Schmidt. I tried out for Hamilton, but I didn't get it because I didn't know how to rap and march in a circle. Yo, Look so confusing. I, I know. So much. I just love that. That line yeah. is sheer brilliance. I literally have one episode left of Kimmy Schmidt. So anyway, you're going to watch Encanto. I'm going to watch Encanto. And is there a lot of people just said. doing weird smirks with giant eyeballs? Yeah. That, that, that. Admittedly, there's a lot of giant <laughs> eyeballs. They're cute little expressions. We're going to find out next week if, if I finally give a low rating for a film. I I'm not going to. I. Like I I will not go into Hate Watch. I think you're going to find it, it. I didn't expect to be so charmed by it. I think you're going to find it unexpectedly charming. Okay. All right. So uh, next time on May You Watch a Podcast, we are going to cover Encanto. Mm -hmm. So until next time, I've been Adam Mock. I have been Melanie Weir. And we made you watch a podcast. See you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to an InStars podcast production. It's hot, hot, hot. Robin, Robin, my man. <laughs>